Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finguns Podcast. This is the bonus episode for EGX Game Day 2. Both myself and Greg are here. We do have a special guest with us today. We have Martin, my friend. Hi. But he's only just turned up, so he has no relevance to this. Yeah, I've played none of these games. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, day two, we actually both got there for a full day of games and we both inadvertently, so I left the queue to get in early. Uh, Greg made Stuck a beeline. out with the smelly colonies. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I mean I mean other gamers. <laughs> and we both made a beeline inadvertently t- towards the PlayStation VR booth. Yes. Where you played... I played Sniper Elite VR. How was it? It was really good. It was my own spazziness that stopped me actually enjoying it. Because they give you... You have the move controls, but they give it to you in the you know, the plastic rifle. Peripheral. The aim controller, yeah. Yeah, and it's always called the aim controller. The aim controller. Ah, okay. And yeah, it was. It was, took a while to get used to not moving the right stick to aim and actually using my head. But it's it's coordinated, so you actually bring the the aim controller up to your face and it acts as a scope. So there's no there's no L two to bring up the scope. It's you have to bring it up physically to your face. That's cool. It was cool. It took a while to get used to, but I started firing off shots and it was uh, it was good. I think my aim was terrible though because I missed breakfast and I was. Proper shaky game going on. I did watch you play. The X-ray cam looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, it like... really fills the screen. Really? <laughs> yeah, as, uh, you can see that. You, I mean, if you really want to, you can turn your head away and be like, oh no, I don't want to see the gore. But then you do see some of it splash past you. Yeah. Which is quite immersive. Oh. Wow, I really nailed him. <laughs> and so, Sean, you played. I VR. played Iron Man VR. Which is freaking awesome. Now, it's definitely a standing up game. It's not one of these VR games you're going to be playing stand, sitting down. But you really get the feeling that you are Iron Man. You're, every, all of your movements make a difference. So like you can hold the T buttons on the move controllers and you propel yourself forward and you hold the move button to shoot with your repulsor blasters. And then you can punch if you can remember how to do it. Do you remember your, your amazing going down swimming punch? Yeah. That was amazing. Because uh, you're, you're above the sea and in like a training program, aren't you? Yeah, and you're supposed to yeah you're supposed to move the controller forward, but as you're going towards the sea, you're supposed to hold your hands down to hover. But it was quite funny watching Sean, who was falling down and then re- remembering how to punch, but kind of just going like <laughs> and falling into the sea, well falling above the sea. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't very graceful, but I did I did complete the the course in a reasonably good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't. No, there was a ten minute slot for the demo, and I completed it in three minutes. Although I was watching one guy who somehow managed to get himself turned around, so he had to look backwards to fly forwards. What? Yeah, I think there must have been some sort of calibration error as he was shooting stuff and looking oh. around that it fucked up. So he had to basically turn around to fly, <laughs> like he, like he was dabbing almost. Do you know, that is the one thing that I want this game to do. So basically, you, you when you're standing and looking at the camera, you're looking forward, and if you want to look behind you, you have to turn around. Mm. I'd really like it if there was like a way to be able to stand still and spin yourself with your propellers. Yeah, like spin you. I I imagine that would probably make you throw up violently. What if you you sort of put them both to one direction and start spinning? Yeah. So if you if you put your hands to one direction and pulled the triggers, you kind of moved in that direction. But if you could both like you could start to spin rather than that would be awesome. When you're in VR, you can be a bit sick. So. It was it was an awesome demo, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing. The trailer was a bit schlocky. The gameplay is shonky. Shonky. That's there That's we go. Third time's charm. So once we were done with the VR booth, we headed over to the coat sink area to play some fogs. Yeah, P H O G S. You're like a. It's like cat dog, but you're dog dog. Dog dog. Conjoined dog's head thing that can stretch and bite stuff. Yeah. And yip at everything, but it's it's a weird sort of physics platform because if one of one of you, one of 
the same thing. One of us. One of, one of, one of us. One of us. Uh, <laughs> bites the giant glowing orb. The other one shoots a torch beam out of its mouth. Yeah. Which raises the question about intestinal tracts. And... Yeah. I don't think these things eat. Are they fiber optic dogs? Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> frogs. There we, frogs. There we go. We, we've come to the conclusion of why the name frogs. Yeah. So it's like a platformy, puzzly type game. You can play it on your own with a twin stick controller and control both heads of the dogs. Or you can play it in co-op like me and Greg did, where you can control a head each and don't yeah. ever play with Greg. Yeah, then it became a case of who can wrap each other around the lamppost and throw each other off the cliff. Yeah, basically we're trying to save each other from death while also trying to be the one that caused the death at the same time. And I don't think Code Sync were very impressed with our skills, but, you know, we were having a good time. break a few games to make them fun. Yeah, we were QAing it on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after we played a bit of Fogs, which, I'll be honest, I'm well into. Yeah, it was good fun, yeah. Uh, we went to the 50-minute demonstration for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So we had a sit-down demonstration. It was all live play. It, and it really did dispel the notion of the whole scripted live play. I'm doing the air quotes here. Live play thing that No Man's Sky caused. But this actually was a live gameplay demo. And it's fantastic. It's something to behold, isn't it? It's very good. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I didn't think that CD Projekt Red were going to be able to replicate the magic that they had with The Witcher 3. No, I thought the first person thing was going to be a bit of a massive detriment. But it really looks good. Like, I mean, unbelievably they were, they were, good. They were really banging on about the custom creation thing, and even Holly Bennett was like, oh, because this is what everyone wants to see. And it's like, there is the irony in that, because no one's going to see it. Apart from those transitions into vehicles, when, yeah. do you, when did you ever see the character model? Yeah, I get that. Like, the, the customization options, that, that was one of the things they showed. And you know, like, Johnny Silverhands had a a really good quote. So like once you finish your customization, Johnny Silverhand says, nobody gives a fuck what you think, what yeah, you look like. Exactly. Stupid wank or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so the bit of plot that they revealed was like Johnny Silverhand is like the ghost. Oh yeah, head. massive. Oh, it's not massive spoilers because I've seen this game. Um, yeah, the, the Keanu reveal, it turns out he's, the spirit of him is embedded in the chip that's in your brain. So he talks to you, uh, like Handsome Jack did in, Turns the borderlands, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, you can only hear what, and he, he'll project himself, but it's only you that can see him and hear him and that kind of thing. But uh, there was, uh, for, for all intents and purposes, I won't spoil it, but it was very good. But there was an absolutely brilliant error that had been stitched. So, of course, the narrating what's going on, and as they were playing, there was a NPC that was T posing. If you know what T posing is, it's basically when you stand legs together, arms out at your side, like a, like a T. And as, as they were walking through Pacifica, which is a new area, an NPC was T-posing backwards up the flight of stairs. And I couldn't stop laughing. And Sean started giggling as well. I think Holly clocked that we were laughing and then was trying not to laugh during a presentation. But as, as they moved around the corner, the character was still T-posing backwards, weren't they? Yeah. And she was really trying to downplay it. And she was like, right, that's the first time he's... Well, I can't remember the chap's name that was playing it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's your first one. That's your first glitch today. And it, <laughs> it, it did demonstrate that it was a live gameplay demo, but other than that, it was quite smooth. Yeah, we spoke to, to Holly Bennett later in the day and she said uh, this is the E3 demo that we saw, uh, which is like was from June and it releases in May next year. Yes. So, you know, it was still, I mean, these things are all going to get ironed out. It was definitely a work in progress. And honestly, from what I saw, I literally mind blown. Like the environment is destructible. You've given her an objective and you go and do that. And it doesn't matter how you do it. The demo had uh, a stealth Net runner uh, and a, a net runner and a solo strength was it solo? What, what was it called? Come on, the run the, the build was, but it was just it wasn't called solo strength. Solo strong was it? or somewhere. Strong arm or something like that. Yeah, they had a basically they had a, a a guy who was great at stealth and hacking, and another that was basically 
you know, balls to the ball, muscle. Could rip open doors, Ghost in the Shell style. And... It, it, so, so what they did was they, they flipped through several parts of the game, running through with the hacker and the, the strength. And it was basically, you know, all the things that you could do. And there is a ton of things that you can do. And if you want to play stealth, it looks fun. If you want to play, you know, strong arm, was that solo strong arm? Was that what it's called? I want to say strong arm by it, but I might be paraphrasing. But yeah, you could, you could, uh, you know, you could hack a turret or you could sprint up to the turret, pull the, tar- the gun out and use it yourself. So you could have it as a defense turret or you can have it as an offensive. That was so good. Yeah. That, like the moment where, you know, you got this person in the mission that they showed, they got like a room full of villains and you've got to take them out. And the stealth guy basically hacked them so that they were like blowing their own heads off. Oh yeah, off. you can get an implant that forces people to their arms will act independently, so they'll pull the pin on the grenades they're holding or shoot themselves in the head. It was, it, like that was impressive. That was impressive. But the bit when he got the the, the, the strong playthrough and unloading shells into that balcony for the guy that was running. Yeah. And again, to use the ghost in the shell analogy, it's like the bit where she's running from the tank. Oh yeah, yeah. And the water just it was like that. He was just following them with the bullets, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. Just, yeah. That like the, the destruction in the environment. There's like dolphin thing. It was like an old more. Oh, like a triple into... dolphin statue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it, they shot parts of it off, and it looked like the physics were like parts of the dolphin were hanging off, at, like and bouncing with the connection. That was it. Looked. I don't. I don't understand how they're getting this game to run on PS4 and Xbox One. Like it looks too good. Like it's so good. But then, as an interjection, I did also see The Witcher 3 running on a Switch light earlier on. So if they can do that, I'm sure they can yeah. put this out. Which is like magic in itself, because it's was, the entire Witcher insane. and all the DLC it was insane. on was a cartridge. It and I was just like, this is, this is mental. It looks amazing, too. It, yeah. In motion. Like, the stills that I've seen, I wasn't impressed. No, but, but I stood behind seeing even on a light Switch, which is a Switch light, which is a smaller screen than a Switch. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, sidetrack, cyberpunk. Okay, so after we played the Cyberpunk 27, or after we watched the Cyberpunk 27 demo, we kind of broke up. You went to, what did you play during that time? I played Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew? Yeah, it's like a, a Dead Cells style co op platformer by Modern Wolf, which is all right. I mean, it's 2D arcade exploring. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of dungeon crawler. It's not, it'd be good fun, but it's nothing to serious already. No, fair enough. Phone home about. Uh, went to the retro booth after. So funny, Well, I, I played a few games. I played um, Shadow Play, um, which is like a card. So basically the developers had, had, had translated just a portion of the game that I think they were from Japan. So they basically took together just an E3 demo and it was like a bare bones demo. But it's like a card collector game where you recruit and it's kind of like Frozen Synapse, but card collectory. And... I was very impressed with what I played and the developer, I spoke to him afterwards and he said there's a lot of stuff that they need to do in the English version. The, the, the version they've got at home is loads better. It's got like volumetric liking and stuff and it, it looks like a really cool game. They've got like a cyberpunky, futuristic, it, it looks a really cool art style and some of the, the character models, I was I actually thought they were like videos that were that detailed. But yeah, and that's one to keep a lookout for. Uh, they also played uh, Everspace 2. So I, I really liked the first Everspace. We've got a review on the website. I gave it an 8 out of 10. And the one thing I didn't like about it was that it was a roguelike. And it you had to play the game a lot to get, get progress. And this one's not a roguelike. And it's just everything that Everspace 2 did well turned up. So it looks brilliant. Really, really nice. Controls brilliantly. Um, I had to play on a keyboard, and even that felt good. I'm, I'm a pad guy, but the keyboard felt great. So, yeah, I'm well on board with that. 
So then we met up and both played Pacer. Yeah. Pacer. It's, it's Wipeout and everything, but name and brand of cars, isn't it? Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I think of all the Wipeout clones that have, you know, the, the Wipeout efforts that have come since Wipeout, I think this one gets Wipeout a little more than the rest of them do. I just hope the game's a bit harder when it comes out because I came first on both the races and I was like 20 seconds ahead of the Yeah, whereas conversely, I had um, I played like a local area race against someone else, just one person, and it had the worst rubber banding ever. Now, I've said it before in one of my reviews, rubber banding is when uh, you're behind and you'll catch up to the races, but they will also catch up to you. And I was, I would say slaughtering this guy, but I blew him up like three times. And I was in quite the lead for like a good 70% of the race. And last lap, I was, again, hitting all the boosts. I wasn't slacking. And somehow we caught up and shot in and won. And the reps were like, ooh, that was a really close battle. And I thought, it wasn't. I'm not being bitter. I was like, hang on, I took him out like four took times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if anything, I should have been lapping him. Yeah. So if it's either really bad rubber banding, or if you die, it puts you very close to the opponents. Which yeah. makes no sense. Other than that, it's a very nice visually stylish game. That, that might have been because it was a sheer floor demo. Because you Possibly, don't really you want... You don't want to be... Yeah, you don't want to put people off by making them be... Yeah. The, the second place guy, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's got absolutely mullered. But yeah, uh, I mean, the, there's some really nice visuals in that game. Like those parts where they've got like a dust floor and you like kicking up dust. And yeah. it look, looked really nice. And it's coming to all the consoles. I think it's coming to, I don't know if it's coming to Switch. But yeah, definitely want to keep your eye out for it if you like to wipe out. And after that, I had to go on Medieval. Yeah. You know, a lot of what I liked about Medieval is still there. The combat's still fun. But. The, the level design really has aged a ton. So, like, the, the first... I played through the, the tutorial on the first level, and you, you basically come out of the, his crypt. So, whatever his name is. Fortescue. Fortescue, there we go. And you go into the graveyard, and immediately you are met by the, the spiked fences that you can't jump over, despite the fact that you can jump higher than them, because there's invisible walls there. That Like, we're in the original game, and it, it's really tight and, you know, kind of constraining. And... Yeah, it, it definitely feels like there's not been enough kind of quality of life updates to it to make it feel modern day. But still, I enjoyed the shit out of what I played. So it's one of those kind of like, if you enjoyed the Crash Bandicoot remake, if you enjoyed the Spyro remake, you'll probably enjoy Don't this one. Don't put those two on the same pedestal. I, you know, I thought honestly, it looked shit. I thought it looked like a recoded shit. I know. It, 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 just is, looked, it looked clunky and as ugly as it did on the PS1, and it just looked like a smooth off, uglier version of it. It felt really nice to play though. Like the combat was like, it felt decent. I don't really. You're staring intently, at, intently at me as you say this. No, I, I felt good. All right. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, and <laughs> I, I know, like, I know what it looks like. It looks save, like. Save me, random third person. <laughs> uh, so after we did medieval, we went to the retro zone. And we played Donkey Konga. We played some Donkey Konga. We played one round of Donkey Konga. We played Don't Stop Me Now by Queen and Sean. Didn't realise which side he was, so he let the side down. I thought that was the top the entire, one. The entire time he went, was that the bottom one? No. Well, the thing is, like, at the end, I, d- I wasn't looking at the scores at all. I was looking at, like, where you're supposed to, you know, read the, the hits. And then I realised at the end that, that one of us had missed 143 notes. And I was like, well, Greg hasn't missed 143 notes on Donkey Konga. That oh, was dear. me. Yeah. <laughs> and we played a bit of Donkey Kong, which... Is tough. Oh, original Donkey Kong, yes. Couldn't do it. Yeah, that was, I, I'm blaming the cabinet because the button was a bit... Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely. I'm definitely blaming the cabinet. <laughs> um, 
So after that, we went and played some... I played a few more rounds of Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, this is definitely going to be my new favourite fighter. I wrote up about it yesterday, and it's, uh, it's worth checking out. If you like Dragon Ball Fighters or any of the Blaz Blue games, it's the next progression of that. Really good fun. So we played me a few more rounds of that. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, it's great to play. Yeah. Like, easy to get into, but it's going to be hard to work out. You know, it counts as parries like any fighting game, but yeah. it's quite accessible, isn't it? Yeah, if you look at any new fighting game, you think, "Oh god, it's gonna have a new learning like move set. It's gonna have something yeah. different." But uh, no, it's it's fun and it, it's some highlight real mem- like moments, isn't there? Oh god, yeah, like they played as that Gran, and like he was instantly my favorite favorite because like it was easy to get into big combos, but also easy to break if you were to like yeah. give me a second. <laughs> After we fought on that a bit, we went to play Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah. It's like a cutesy No Man's Sky meets, well, without the, the, the flying that we got to anyway. It's like a the, the land exploration of No Man's Sky mixed with kind of like the Borderlands, like the your computer is a bit sassy. Yeah. It's just very like, you know, I, I went and ate something and she went, oh, well, you're just going to eat something I haven't scanned yet. Fine. Yeah. yeah. More for you. So, so like you walk around and basically you, you are basically tearing through this planet, which is trying to kill you, but also in a kind of sarcastic way like sassy glados yeah. yeah so so like the, the the robot says to you go and scan that orange goo because that looks interesting and you pick it up and mash she, it into your mouth and she goes yeah all right uh, you do you yeah. you survive how you, you want you on this hostile you, yeah, planet yeah. and then if, if you keep eating the yellow goo eventually she says so good news bad news good news is that yellow goo is making you better and stronger bad news is it's replaced all of your bones with unbreakable tumours. Did you die at all? Uh, no. No, I died once and she was like, ah, I've worked out that you need to die at least 49 more times before you lose any semblance of who you really are. <laughs> it was like, yeah, right. really self-referential kind of uh, self-acknowledging. Humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole like cloning thing from like, you know, the sixth day and stuff like that. Like you will lose fragments of you. Yeah. But, oh, thanks. I just want to go and shoot things. Yeah. Gameplay. I, I ended up somewhere I shouldn't have been. I didn't break it. No, um, there was a bit that cliff wasn't there. Yeah, and I ended up in the lava mouth. Did you know? Yeah, and I, I, I tried throwing that trampoline goo down there, and it kept burning up. And I was like, oh, and the guy was like, how did you get there? I was like, oh, I just double jumped. He went, oh, you're supposed to go. I was like, oh, so I'm stuck there. He went, yeah. <laughs> I was like, All right, I'm done now. Anyway, it's been like 15 minutes, but yeah, it's not like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like I broke the demo, but I don't think I was equipped to do anything. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you hadn't got the thing from up the mountain that you were supposed to get to get down there. Obviously not. No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> ah. But yeah, I mean, that sure, comes out... not always a good idea, kids. Is that April or... I think it's February. February 2020. Another game for you to look forward to in the worst period of gaming history of all time when every game releases in January, February, March or April next year. The spring drought. Yeah. <laughs> the, the spring drought when we all die from like not having enough money for food because we're buying Final Fantasy. <laughs> Um, so after that, I went to play Lord Winklebottom Investigates. So a little bit of a, 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 a like I back this on on Kickstarter, and if you you might if you follow the site, I interviewed one of the developers, uh, Charlotte, on for the site a couple of months ago. And basically, it's a, like a point and click adventure where you play as a giraffe who's also a detective, and he's got a hippo sidekick called Mister Rumple. Who's basically, you know, it's basically Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson, but it's a really smartly written and a really lovely point-and-click adventure. And I'm very glad that I backed it. I was going to back it anyway because it just looks fucking cute as hell. But like this, this game really is kind of selling itself to me now. 
And then after that, I went to play uh, Recompile, which Roscoe went to play at Res last year. And uh, did you play as well? Yeah, we've got played next to each other. We're having a sort of competition, so you could do it first. Ooh. Yeah. Did you beat him by any chance? Mm, can't remember. <laughs> I legit can't remember. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah, you, you basically play as like a computer programmer and a third-person action platformer style action game. And, yeah, it, it looks really good. It, it's a lot... So there's like an awesome effect on your character where they're like made of voxels and, and pixels that kind of grow and change. And yeah, you've got... My, my, my comparison back to the time in March was Res meets Tron. Yes, that is exactly it. There's... So I, the one thing I didn't know that was in the game, there was like a hack mode where you could pause and then move boxes around. Oh, that wasn't there puzzle. much. Uh, so that's, that might have been added then. So We just had the infinite flight. I didn't even get that. Oh, okay. So part of... So obviously... If you if you want to know about the infinite flight, uh, you know, go check out the the March previews <laughs> from Rezd. But there there's a so you press the Y button on the Xbox controller that we was played on, and you pause the game, and then could move items around the map to cut to basically provide yourself oh, with platforms. Yeah, that yeah, it was it was pretty cool actually. And then did you have like a slowdown where you could slow down action? Mm, oh, I think for aiming and stuff. Yeah. So there was there was that too. It's a cool looking game. Seems like a really um, so yeah. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that one. Then I went to go and play Charles Cecil's new one, Beyond a Steel Sky, and I've not played Beneath the Steel Sky. I played a lot of Charles Cecil's other games like the Broken Mirror stuff, and this is really cool. There's some of the dialogue's awesome. It's basically another point and click adventure, and it's pretty awesome. The art style's brilliant. The puzzles are really cool. They got these two kids, and the, the demo that I played, there was a kid named Pixel who was just freaking hilarious. And yeah, definitely, definitely one to keep your eye out for. And then we both went and played extreme sports games. You went to play Tony, Tony Slopes. Slopes. Yeah, which is just a. I hope they build on it because I had like pre alpha footage, but it's just this quote unquote wacky racer where you get to pick your character model and you can choose a wacky hat from like a top hat or a plunger or a turd. Or devil horns, and then your vehicle, which could be a bathtub or a rubber ring, or a dinghy, or a whale, as in like a blue whale. It, essentially, it's just, it's a snowboard race down a slope, and I really hope they improve on it because it was just a bit chunky. Yeah, you fall off at the merest collision. Mate. I don't know if you saw me playing it when you came back. I did, yeah. Yeah, I, I got clipped by someone, and suddenly it's like a five-second death animation of me going, ah, I'm, like, I'm <laughs> wasting time here. Come on. I imagine it'd be really great if you were incredibly drunk. And you were playing this. I think it's a wacky thing, yeah. Yeah, it was like a party game where, you know, if you can have a few drinks. I, like, I, when I stood behind you, I was watching that, and I could see a, basically a guy going down a slope in the same match as you on a whale, and you were on some kind of, like, rubber ring or something. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? This doesn't make any sense. And uh, the whale was obviously coming last because he's sliding a whale down a mountain. Yeah, which, funny enough, doesn't handle very well. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not their natural habitat. So, yeah, that was Tony Slopes. I'm probably going to give that a go tomorrow just to see what the... Oh, yeah. Because it, it seems like there was quite a lot of people excited about it. I think because it's just the name, isn't it? It's clearly capitalising on that famous um, skateboarder. Yes, which happens to be what I was playing, Skatebird. Tony Hawk's Skatebird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was in the Left Field Collection at that time playing Skatebird, which is the new game from Glass Bottom Games. It's basically a bird on a skateboard and... You know, it's not as fun to play as it looks like it is going to be, but it is a pretty fun game to play. I'll, I'll be honest, like, 
it's not Tony Hawk skater, and I probably shouldn't expect it to be, given the fact that you know it's from an indie team. But it looks cute as hell, and as long as you know it's still in development, still a way to go for it. And I really hope they can like nail down some of the glitches that I saw. But it it's cute and awesome, and I kind of want a team, though. It, you know, it wasn't that enjoyable. It was fun getting some tricks off, um, but it, it just felt like it's it's more heavily physics based than Tony Hawk's was. Yeah. So you had to do some of the tricks yourself. There wasn't, you know, and I was doing flips, and even though I've been seen to be landing them, they never stuck. Even though I my skateboard would Is hit it, the floor. Did you ever play Project Eight when you had the dual thumbstick? Yeah. Is it a bit like that? You think you've got a trick and it just goes nope. Yeah. So oh, like okay. it, it felt like I'd read like I'd done a flip. Yeah. And. So I'd, I'd come off a rail and then done a flip and the skateboard hit the ground. My bird just fell off. Yeah. And it was like, bird. better that's look not, next That's time. not a northern thing. He actually was a bird. A bird. A bird, <laughs> a bird fell off a board. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably going to go back and because there is somebody from the development team there and I just want to go speak to them about it because it, it seemed like a cool game anyway. Yeah. So after, that, that was kind of a, like the last game that we played yeah. at EGX. But then we went to the, what are they called? Goddamn. Numskull. We nicely got invited by Ryan from Numskull Design. It's Numskull without a B. They do a lot of like merch, t-shirts, um, key rings, and they started producing a lot of miniature arcade cabinets, like fully wood cabinets of like Galaga, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Galaxian. And they do a lot of like keychains. Uh, they started publishing their own games as well. Through Twitter, he nicely invited us to this little event they had in the Fox by the XL. Uh, which nice little pub, and yeah, they, they sort of give us a little walk around, told us about the, the tubs, rubber ducks that are coming out, new Christmas jumpers that are coming out, which are they're very thick. They're very nice. They're very nice, but they're very thick jumpers. So if you if you catch cold easily, I'd invest in one. If you feel the heat, then yeah, don't. I was I was surprised by how soft they were. I know this this is like a picture of them right now. Yeah, but honestly, well, they they felt really nice. We give a shout out because they were nice enough to invite us. Yeah, so it was uh, it was good, and that was. Well, that was it, wasn't it? Well, while we were there, I, we played Super Epic. Oh yes, the the raccoon, the disabled raccoon on a llama game. Yeah, Greg didn't just have a stroke. He he actually is describing a game about a disabled llama, disabled raccoon, disabled on a raccoon llama. with a croquet mallet on the back of a llama. This sounds mental. So basically, the game is 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 like an anti microtransaction game, and it has some incredible meta to it. So it's not. It comes out in December. I think it was December. He said. Very soon, yeah. So it's like a two D platformer, but sometimes you have to go into like this whole meta situation. So at one point of the game, there's like a laser um, barrier stopping you to get into this treasure, and there's a QR code on a painting next to the safe that you are trying to get into, and the game gives you a hint and says, "Hmm, I wonder if there's something about that painting that could help." So I got my phone out and I scanned the QR code, and the QR code sent me through to a website. Which was called Flappy Pig, so it was basically Flappy Bird. Flappy Pig, yeah, yeah. Flappy or Flappy, I can't remember. <laughs> like, I'm, Flappy or Flappy, I can't remember what it was. But basically, then you had to complete that game to get the code to be able to get past this laser fire, this laser fence on your phone. And once you'd done so, the game crashed and said, it, you know, it was kind of saying, you know, like the malware where it says, like, if you want to fix your PC, play this much. It came up with loads of those error messages, and then it said error code, and then gave me the code to the fence. It's so meta, like very weird, isn't it? It's yeah. like it, what a weird game. What a like they they're really presuming that people have like the QR scanning and stuff, but so fun. And it's like all the enemies are like fat cats and fat pigs that are like. I'm sure there's some sort of narrative to it. Oh no, it's anti microtransactions. Anti microtransactions. Yes, right on the nose. Ryan was saying it's very you're taking out 
microtransactions and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, which is very relevant to our time. One, one of the unlockables was a £50 prepaid card for mobile games. Right, yeah. <laughs> like £50 prepaid card. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, yeah a really fun game and Ryan thankfully said we can talk about it. So thank yep. you, Ryan. And thank you for the, the event. Yeah. It was and awesome. uh, yeah, if you, if you need some good merch, check out Numskull. Yeah, they, they were awesome. Um, Sounds like a paid promotion. We got a couple of keychains, but that was it. Yeah, but the thing is, like they, you know, those they went. Like, he went out of his way to invite us, which is nice. Though. And and the stuff, the stuff's good. Yeah, like and we're not the only prison says that. No, no, no. He's obviously doing well enough that they've now launched a line of other stuff and a self-publishing game. So which is which is awesome, pretty decent, stable, including AI at the Sony Files, which I will be reviewing pretty soon. For yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was day two of our EGX visit. What have we got on tomorrow? Well, I'm going to put on. Pretty my new Bioshock t-shirt. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, I don't know. Tomorrow, I think it's going to be a free-for-all day. I mean, day one was, was big ones, triple A's. Today was more indie-focused. Tomorrow, it's going to be round, isn't it? It's going to be school kid mania. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be mental. See what happens. Yeah. Probably not going to play Doom, but I'm not exactly going to lose sleep over that. Uh, you played it. I played Final Fantasy. We're going to let Martin off like a kid with a boat, bag of sherbet. <laughs> uh, anything he's played we're going to add to the list yeah let's see what tomorrow brings really cool schmooze and have some non-alcoholic drinks because we're straight edge uh, yeah yes. yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so that, so yeah that was that was day two of finger guns on the road I will have another one tomorrow maybe yes yeah, we shall. I'm sure we'll do like a final well we may make it Sunday morning but we're going to do a third and possibly final one tomorrow yeah and then we'll have a recap on our podcast on Sunday I expect hopefully yeah well, thank you very much for thank you very much for listening. And uh, if you do like this, make sure you. Oh yeah, because I've got a creator, I've got a content creator laminate. I've got to say like and subscribe every time now. Yeah, and because I'm a werewolf, I have to say like and subscribe. Oh, you fucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. See you uh, tomorrow. Bye bye.